Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life here. Uh, I have the pleasure of having uh, Mr. Justin Monk in the house. How are you doing, my brother? I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here. He's ready, dude. He's, he's yeah. ready. He went on his run. He's talked. So here's what's great. I came on your podcast. I don't know a lot about you still, even though we talk from time to time. So this is me getting to know you as well with my audience. So I'll let you start where you want to start, and we'll get going from there. You know, um, yeah, thank you. And, and uh, we did. We we met briefly on Instagram. We had an exchange that uh, was was powerful. Like it was a few messages, and and totally changed my perspective. And I'm like, man, I got to get to know this guy. I want to somebody. I want to be hanging out with a little bit. So yeah. I'm I'm hoping we get into more of those details. Yeah. Uh, today. Yeah, so I, you know, I grew up on a, a family dairy farm uh, here in Utah, and uh, went to went to college, got a business degree, entrepreneurship, you know, love that idea. Jumped into a, I work, I currently work. My full time thing is a, I'm I'm a part owner and a sales manager for a solar company here in Utah. Okay, and so that's kind of the full time thing. But I I knew that I've always known that I wanted to set myself up to be able to. You know, we call it retire early, but but be a little more free earlier on in life, be more financially stable, you know. And I've got, uh, I I don't like being limited by time and money, mm-hmm. so I'm like, all right, let's let's figure out how I can free up more time and and make more money. And and real estate was obviously something that was, I I've always known would be would be powerful in accomplishing those goals. And I've seen other people in my family do that with real estate, so we we we. Couple couple years ago, I think it's been we we jumped into it full steam and uh, we've been buying mostly single family homes right now, uh, both here in my local market and then uh, a lot in Midwest Ohio. So that's okay. what we're doing. We use the Burr strategy. Okay. Um, so we're buying them, rehabbing them, renting them out, refinancing our capital out, and then doing it again. So okay, uh, it's it's been awesome. Um, but in that journey, the biggest thing I've learned is that. Um, you know, obviously real estate's been good to learn about, but, uh, uh, the, the biggest thing I've learned is the power of mindset and how you're looking at things and how important, how you're thinking is to your journey. And that's kind of been the focus of my platform. Uh, my podcast is the, is the mindset around success and what it takes to get there. And, uh, so I love sharing that message. And, and currently, you know, we're in the same right now, but we want to get into, we're trying to make that leap into, we are going to make that leap into multifamily syndicates sure. and multifamily deals. And, and uh, it's funny because I had Austin Adams on yesterday and we were talking about the power of a podcast before we get into your story and go further. Uh, how long have you been doing your podcast? It's been like a few months, not very long. What, what have you found in just the little amount of time that you've done? What value have you received from it? Well, selfishly, I have learned a ton. Like it, it's, it's been, I think the first person that was impacted was me. Um, I've learned a ton. I've met some incredible people and I've heard some awesome and motivating stories and that's been value number one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but again, it, we all, it's a real estate investing podcast, but we always seem to end up talking about the mindset and the importance of 
and maybe that's my fault because that's what I, I love and that's what I'm so curious about. But we always seem to talk about mindset and there's always an aspect of the power of the mindset and, and, and getting whatever, accomplishing whatever goals you're after. Um, we always seem to end up talking about stuff like that on, no matter who I'm talking to. I've brought on people and we'll go through the hour and I'm like, Oh, we didn't even touch on real estate. I forgot. Yeah, I know. And I, I I'm like, man, I got to at least have a few points. Cause, <laughs> Cause you know, everybody want, we, I want to yeah. teach the, I want to yeah. teach real estate and I want to help people get into their deals. And so I'm like, I got to make sure I at least share a few nuggets of, of, of tactic, you know, for real estate investors. And, uh, yeah, but we all, but, but again, I just think it's not, it's not talked about enough in the books and in the podcast that are out there. We always say, Hey, this is how you syndicate a deal or this mm-hmm. is how you flip a property. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, man, if your mindset's messed up, you're, you're never going to accomplish any of that. hundred percent. And I'm curious, you you said you're buying stuff in your local market. You're buying stuff in the Midwest. Have you seen those properties that you've bought in the Midwest? No, no. Uh-uh. Okay. No. That's what I wanted to hit on. So how many properties do you have and when did you start buying? How long ago? It, we really start, we really started buying about, well, we started buying in Ohio a, about 10 months ago. Okay. And have and you seen any of those properties? No, no, we're closing on, we're closing on the fourth one. So nothing crazy, but four in 10 what, months. Do you have a partner there or not? No, uh, we have so, an, I have an agent. So but I have what gives seen. you the confidence? Cause I'm only laughing because my, my ex-business partner lives in San Diego he has 36 units in Kansas and he's never been to Kansas ever. So, so I'm trying to get this point across. So what gives you the, cause I just met with some investors in Denver and we talked about how the inspector is your stopgap. That's yeah. your guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. The way I've, the way I've, the way I do this and feel okay about it is it, I have the team, right? I've got, I've got my agent, right? So he's kind of the first safety net. Like he's going to, he's going to check the property and be like, Hey, these either the seller or this agent's no good to work with, or this property is not in a good neighborhood. I don't know Ohio. I don't, I don't know the neighborhoods. I mean, I'm learning and I've, 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 I've learned a lot. I, I talked to a couple of investors that had already been doing it. So I kind of had some mentorship there. Hey, where should I not be? Where should I be? They gave me some zip code ideas. And uh, so, so I knew kind of where to start. So the agent's the first safety net, right? And then, then once they get it under contract, um, you know, we always write in an inspection contingency. So if I see if, if the foundation is crumbling in at inspection, then I'm out of that deal. Right. So I always write an inspection contingency. And so once we get into contract, I know, I don't know, I don't think all investors do this, but I pay the 350 to have a home inspection done because that's my eyes. That's my eyes to go see that. Property. I want to stop there for just a minute. Because I want to, you know, I'm having this inspector I met on the podcast because I was like, I haven't had an inspector on there. And this might be the most important part of the deal. I want you to say that again. People are foregoing the $350 to buy an asset, probably 100 to 200K because they're worried about saving money. Does that make any sense when you say it that? Doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. And, and I mean, I guess the other option is to pay 500 bucks and fly out there and see it. But I'm... <laughs> Yeah, guys, I'm, I'm busy running a solar company and a sales team. I can't, I can't do that, you know? So, so that's my eyes. And I've got a really good inspector out there. Um, his reports are just like ridiculously good. There's like a hundred pictures. I mean, this is like a 1200 square foot house and he takes a hundred pictures. So people always ask me like, how are you buying these properties without seeing them? Like, I kind of feel like I've seen the property. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the inspector's job is to, to take a picture of everything. And he like, it's a 75 page report. And so once I go through that, 
I feel like I've seen the property and anything that's going to be a booger on the deal. I feel like I've, I'm, I'm aware of it. And so I get that. I hand that off to my, uh, to my contractor. He now goes through it and he's like, Hey, this is going to be a bigger expense than we think or whatever. Right. So now third, third level of, of, you know, eyes on the deal. My contract, my contractor is now going to walk the property. He's got the inspection in hand. Um, so he knows what to look for. He's now given me, we already obviously already had a, you know, a ballpark number of what we were having for rehab. That's how we got to our, uh, our, you know, our offer number. But, um, he, he now goes through the property and he's like, if he sees anything, he's like, Hey, you know, we had 15 grand estimated. It's going to be 19 grand. What are we going to, does the still, does the deal still make sense? And so usually it's actually less. I usually overestimate my, my numbers initially, but, um, so now I've got that third person walking through there. And, and so I, again, I've got people that, that, are the actual professionals seeing the property? This is what's mm-hmm. funny to me. People are like, well, I want to see the property. I'm like, well, are you an inspector? Are you a contractor? Why do you want to see it? It's like, it it's, I don't. It's like a. I don't no, know. There's, like, there's so much emotion wrapped up into it. That's the issue. Is yeah, we, yeah. We, we as an American society don't work on facts or details. We work on emotion. It, it will mess yeah, you up yeah. every time. It's it's like what's a good analogy? It's like I don't know. It's like it's like maybe maybe your your maybe your dad's got to have an operation on on some piece of his body, and you're like, well, hey, before you do that, I need to see it. I need to see what's going on. And you're like, and your dad's like, well, are you the doctor? What do you care? Like, I don't care about your opinion. Yeah. You know. So, and I know investors as we grow and as we do deals, you're gonna have you'll you'll have eyes for this stuff. But initially, I'm like, I'm not the professional. I don't need to see the property. I need my inspector to see it. I need the contractor to see it. I need my agent to tell me about the neighborhood. And and a third level in in my area. Well, that would be, I'm up four, four levels. It's actually initially uh, where I'm buying in Ohio, they have a point of inspection, point of sale inspection. So Mm -hmm. before I even make an offer, I have a report that the city did Mm -hmm. that has of repairs that have to be done before it can change hands. The title can change hands. So I actually initially have, I know, I know outside what's, what's wrong with it. Is the roof need to be repaired? Does it need painting? Does it need trim done? Does it need a new driveway? Does it need a new garage? Like it's fairly detailed. So I have that initially before I even make an offer. I know in general what the condition of that property is. Now, another level. Now, after the inspections done, the contracting, the, the contractor's done his work just to make sure that everything got done it got, you know, the contractor did what he said he was going to do. My property management company, the, the, the leasing agent or, you know, the, the lady that's going to take tenants through the property, she goes and walks it for me. Okay. And she's like, hey, uh, your contractor kind of didn't do this right here. Sure. Or, hey, this needs to be done. This is a hazard. And so I've got, and she's like annoyingly picky, honestly. Yep, I'll but, take it. But I love it. And because yeah. and, my contractor, he's like, holy crap, she is so picky. And she's like, nickel and diamond you and i'm like no i want that because she's the only safety net i have on you i haven't said this to him but i'm like she's my check on you it's a check and balance system right so i'm paying you all this money to do this work i don't know if it you take pictures but you don't take all the pictures yeah so she goes through it and she's like hey yeah your contractor did a good thing good good job here's a couple things that he maybe missed and I'm like, what's oh, interesting God. right is each person in that system this is something i just thought about as you're speaking each person in that system has a different view of the property. Oh, I just, that just hit my head because he's looking at it from a contractor. She's looking at it from somebody wanting to rent. You need exactly. all those people. Wow. That's a so crazy. The, 
So their biases are different. You know, if I just have a bunch of contractors look at it, they're all going to look at it with the same goggles on. Mm -hmm. But now I have this, this leasing contract, this leasing agent come in and say, well, no, we got to fix that. Where the, the contractor was like, no, that's good. You know, no, that's fine. We won't worry about that. She's like, no, this, we have to fix this. This is a you know, safety hazard. Or this, this will never rent it this way. And so because they have different purposes and biases and perspectives, they all tell me different things. Mm-hmm. You know, the agent, he wants to sell me the house. So he's, he might soften up a few things too. But then if I come around with the inspector, he's like, no, this thing's broken or whatever. Right. And, 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 and the leasing agent, she can also check she can check the opinion of the agent on the neighborhood and the street. Cause she's like, I got to rent this place. If you pay, if you hire me to rent this place, uh, I got to get it. Yeah. Fast well, it's interesting. Cause that same thing happens to me when I do Airbnb is they're looking at it from a different bias. I'm coming straight in. I know what people say cause I've seen it for five years. And so your view of what a property might be and what I view as a rentable property are two totally different things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, that was a long answer, but that's how I, I have a, uh, it's one of the uh, best answers we've ever got. I'm letting you know right now, I just learned something and that's why we do podcasts because, because the question that I'm going to finish that whole thought off of, besides you bringing the money, name me one thing that you could do better that you needed to go see the property than all the four of those people. Me, now say that again. So what do you name, name me one thing that you, that you needed to fly to and you could do better than those four no. people. No, I'm, As an I can't exist. That's what I'm saying. That's other what than, I'm trying. Other than it, other than it being cool to see the property that I own, like that's the only reason I fly out there. Just kind of hey, an ego. We'll, we'll see. The, we'll see the property when you have like thirty of. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm going to fly out there when I got a few to drive around check when I own the neighborhood. But but it's yeah, but it's, it's just, but it's funny to 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 harp on that 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 point. So my friend told me a story the other day that really made me why we transitioned into why you're moving in the multifamily. This is a perfect story. They've always done single family flips. They bought a ton of houses. They bought a ton of houses in Memphis. Well, they had an opportunity to buy a 34 unit. And it was already, now granted, you want to add value add, right? But this one was already done. Somebody wanted to get out of it. So she said, something must be wrong. So they Mm -hmm. flew out there, right? That's a bigger purchase. Mm -hmm. But then she started running the numbers. And then she told me this, and it changed my life. Austin, if 14 people pay their rent, we break even. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so you're telling me that the other 12 units are all cash flow, And that's what I was like, well, of course it's a buy. Yeah. And, and the reason that I want to frame this is like, you have a box that you buy in, right. And you pull the trigger and mm-hmm. when, and I love Jake and Gino for this, they have a buy box, no ego, Nothing gets out of it. And I would imagine with your single family properties, it's different in multifamily, but your single family property, there's a buy box that you've structured that yep. when, it, when it hits that dead center, you, you, you pull the trigger and you have the confidence to do it, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just because I feel like I've got that team out there that, that is, they have different points of perspective and they, none of them, not all of them will lead me astray at once. You know, people would be mad. Of, if, how did you find them? People would be mad if I didn't ask. Man, I, I mean, a, a little bit of luck. I'll be honest. I, I mean, I, I, I got good people out there. So I, I, I initially just started. I think with bigger pockets, honestly, started looking for agents out there, and I started. I started working with one, and I could tell he just wasn't quite aggressive enough. Super experienced, but not with investors, I don't think. And then I found one that was a little bit had a little bit smaller 
network or, or clientele. So I was able to get a little more attention from him. Um, but very experienced. Um, and, and he, he, he got it. He got the burr method. He, he saw what I was trying to do. So I had to go through a couple of agents to find the one. I mean, I actually, yeah, two agents didn't really work out. Third one was like, okay, this guy gets it. He's, he hustles it. He'll be, I mean, he's in Ohio. So he's like, and when I, when it's nine o'clock here, it's like 11 o'clock there, but he, he's doing stuff for me. He's like, yep, yeah, let's get this offer made. I'll have it to you right now. First thing in the morning, whatever. So, and I, I have to have that because again, my real estate stuff is on the side right now. So it's after hours all the time, which is extremely after hours for this guy. So when I found him and him being willing to hustle like that, um, that was crucial to me. And then he, he referred me to a contractor, um, and we, it, it's just dumb luck. I mean, it was, he's a great, he's a great contractor. It's been mm-hmm. working out very well. Very, he's a very honest guy so far, which is hard to find in the contracting business. And so, um, so he's got his quirks, but, but he's been good so far. And then again, on bigger pockets, I just started, uh, going through who are the property management companies in, in Ohio. And, uh, you know, I think I called like three or four compared, compared the pricing, but, I made my decision not on prices. Honestly, I don't real estate's going to be worth tens of millions of dollars to me. So I don't really care about them. Mine. Oh, is it, is it 9% or 10% of, 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 of rent? I, I don't really care what I wanted. I wanted to see the team that's going to hustle for me, that, that's going to be most, most responsive and has the best systems in place. And I, and they were the most, they followed up with me. Hey, are we going to do this? Are you going to, you know, when are you going to be, you know, are you ready to get started? Like nobody else there. They, I was just like, not, I wasn't worth it to them almost. They didn't want to follow up with me, but this company was interactive. They were responsive. They followed up with me and it's been awesome so far. I mean, I don't know how they really compare in pricing and fees to others, but I don't care because it, it, a percentage point here or there, I know some people may say, hey, that's stupid. Like you got to consider everything. But I'm like, not really at my scale. Like it's not that big a deal. You know, we were talking about the other day when I was having dinner with Bruce Peterson. And it's weird because I was in the restaurant business for so long. When you get that service, and I mean that service, like we went with 10 investors out for our mastermind to Eddie, to a uh, True Lux top notch mm-hmm. steakhouse. Hey, Mr. Lenny, we got you a special room. We've been waiting for y'all's arrival all day. Is there anything we can help you with? You know what's interesting about something like that? The moment that happens, it's almost like you don't see the prices on the menu. Yeah, it don't matter anymore. Because they've cultivated this experience, Yeah, your property management company, where you're happy to give them more business because they actually want to be in business with you. I don't think people put enough stock in that. I had to learn my lesson when I flipped my first home. I fired three contractors <laughs> because we were trying to do it the cheapest way, and I wound up doing it myself. Yeah. And I, I don't think people put enough stock in that. It's the same talk. Tell me if you ever have this, because I know you, I know you help some people. You ever have people, you go to a long explanation about like how to buy property, this to do that. And then their first question is, well, what about the taxes? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, can we not like, this doesn't even matter. Like have enough money where you have to worry about the taxes. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, people get stuck on, you know, what if I, what if I lose money on my first deal? Or what if I lose, what if I lose five grand? I'm like, and I just say, I'm like, man, you, your perspective is you, you got to step, you got to get bigger and look longer and look, look larger. Because again, I believe, I know that real estate is going to be worth tens of millions of dollars to me. Mm-hmm. So losing, a f- I lost money on my first deal. Uh, if losing a few thousand bucks on my first deal, because the contractor turned out to be not what he was. I, I don't know, but mm-hmm. it, it, we lost some money on the first mm-hmm. deal, but I'm like, I, 
and people are like, oh, you need to like go file a small claims thing and do all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. This yeah, is a yeah. few thousand bucks. And, and the next deal, like literally the next deal I bought in Ohio, uh, when we finish our cash out refinance, it's going to make me like, I'm going to pull 20,000 extra dollars out of the deal. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's where I want to focus my energy sure. because that's where it needs to be. And that's what's actually changing my life. Not this loss. It's a bump. It's a bruise. We're going to move through this because it's such a small percentage. I mean, it's but and, and you know five thousand bucks or whatever it was. I had like, a coaching client this morning, and this is what we were talking about. Because think of it this way, and this is what I think you're hitting on. If you spend the time like you have and surround yourself with the people and your mindset is that of bigger vision, unstoppable, these bumps in the road don't seem like mountains, they seem like little hills. And because there's always going to be problems, correct? So, I mean, yeah. that's what you've cultivated with your mindset, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. And th- there will always be fees and expenses and, and a, you know, a loss here and there. The first the first hard money guy I tried to use, um, it, it was such a painful process. And I didn't, I finally walked away from him because, and that was after I paid for like the $500 uh, appraisal. I'm, and I was so mad because I'm like 500 bucks. I'm like, gosh, dang it. But he was such a pain to work with and he was so grumpy. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't work with this guy. And, and it was such an excruciating process with the paperwork and stuff. And I was like, I'm out of here. I ended up just asking the client, the seller, if he would owner finance the deal. And we ended up owner financing the deal, which was way better in the end. Amazing. You know, actually I made, I'm going to make way better money than I thought. Cause I don't have all that. I don't have that 10% interest anyway. Um, but yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta be able to roll with those. It, it's a battle. It's a battle. It's a war zone out there and you're going to get beat. You're going to get, you're going to have to throw your shield up and get just slammed, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, then you, then you just keep swinging. You just keep pushing forward. And if you have the right perspective of the long game and what real estate's really going to be worth to you, the hundred bucks and thousand bucks here and there, you just, you just roll with it. You just, it's not going to, that's not going to change your life, but the success will. So you're telling me you're doing some things good. You're burying, you're buying properties. Not that you're stopped buying single family, but my question to you is super simple. Why switch? Like why turn your focus to multifamily when you are getting some success in the single family? Because you you haven't been doing this for too long. So what sparked the interest to to scale up and, and switch the narrative? Um, I think the the urgency. I think the urgency that I have to, to get to a financial place that I begin to feel like I'm, I've got freedom of time and money and I can focus on, on helping others. And I can, and I can, I can go to my daughter's play in the middle of the day and not worry about the sales team kind of a thing. Um, And so, so I'm just super urgent about that. And so I I know that the deals in, in syndication are bigger and the payouts are bigger and it's harder for sure. But, well, it depends on how you look at it, but, but, but the payouts can be a lot bigger and I feel like it's a faster lane to get there. Um, and I, I'll continue to buy the single family stuff. Cause I, I really feel I, I've got a system and it's easiest to plug it now. I just, mm-hmm. I just, once I get some private money lined up, it's just going to be boom, boom, boom. But I'll keep rolling those deals. But in, uh, at the same time, uh, I know another side of my mind is, is finding those, those deals I can syndicate. Well, I also think, and this is something I've been forming an idea. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't firmed it up yet. Uh, and maybe you can shed some light on this. I almost think that you're at an advantage doing the single families and, and doing the multifamily because of this reason. I've talked to multiple syndicators or 
multifamily groups who haven't bought a property in a year and a half. And my concern is, because there's so much gap, how do you stay motivated? Yeah. How do you stay on the ball when, how do you stay with that fire every day? So you almost have that fire, the single family. So when you hit the multifamily, it's almost like, okay, we're just adding into the system because the machine is already going. Something to very, I, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, because I, f- I'm fueled, man. If I, if I go very long without, without a win, or, or, or you know, just something that I can say, hey, today was a win. If I go very long without that, I get frustrated. It's it call it a weakness or you know whatever. No, but. no, 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 no. It's not a weakness. It's just that you are in such an urgency to spend yeah. time with your kids. How old are yeah. you? Uh, I'm 35. How many kids do you have? Four kids. Four kids. You're crazy. Okay, but listen. Uh, my I wife wants it. another one. Please help. Oh my, me. your wife wants another one. No, oh, no stop. Oh. Stop. stop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> only one rule. You can have another kid if they start reading Rich Dad Poor Dad at six years old. That's the only rule. So yeah. we can start a little entrepreneur family or whatever. But but something super yeah, important. Yeah, and yeah. I I said this in a speech that we did the mastermind two weeks ago. I said, every one of you 18 and 20 year olds that are sitting here listening to these old guys speak, I said, every moment that you're not creating multifamily or passive income is a moment that you're taking away from your future kid. It's the yeah. truth. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. If you start at 18, you could be retired at 26. That's a real yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and, and that urgency, it, it's such a, it, it's, it's so important. And it, but it, it is the one thing that can get me down sometimes. If I don't, if I'm not having those wins, I'm just like, I'm not moving fast enough. I'm not getting there. That was a day that didn't get me closer to my deal, my, my goals. And so I agree with you and I hadn't thought of it this way, but yeah, being able to chisel away, you know, a single family home every 30 days and keep mm-hmm. that thing growing while I'm looking for the the syndication deal every three to six months over here, maybe a year. I don't know. I mean, I've been, sure. I've been after it for three or four months two and years. I've only made like yeah. two or three offers. Mm-hmm. So that is, that's a good point. I got this thing going and I got my wins and it keeps me motivated and I'm hunting these syndication deals on the side that yes, that's so super the, important. I did there's not this guy, that. right? Aaron Wagner out of Utah, who's a commercial developer who owns about a million businesses. I don't even know how many businesses this guy has, but he's crazy town and uh, invested with Derek, uh, Dan Fleischman, all the guys, Aaron Wagner. He's amazing. He's, he's got a cool podcast, right? And I, he has something that to relate on this topic that you'll love. So he was perplexed. He went, he was like all these rich families in America, the Rockefellers, all these families. He's like, I don't understand. Like after the third generation, they start losing money. He's like, I don't, that doesn't make sense. But the only family that still made money was the Rockefellers, the fourth, the fifth, sixth. So he went to them and he interviewed them. And he said, what did your grandfather tell you that's different from the other families? And my grandfather said to sell early. He said that momentum is the number one thing in business that nobody talks about. Mm. Don't count other people's money. Don't hold on for another six months to make another 20 grand. He said, if you make money, take the win and move forward. If you take a huge loss, it sets you back two years. He goes, take the money because that win is not going to retire you. It's that win combined over 30 times is going to retire you. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it was, it changed my entire thinking. Because yeah. we're, we're always like, well, if I hold on for six more months, I can get another $10,000. Yeah, but that's not, that's not going to retire you. So yeah. if your vision's bigger, if your why's bigger, then you're building multiple streams of revenue. Because we, we did that whole mastermind, right? And my assistant who's new to real estate, I said, what's your takeaway? 
what's your takeaway? You heard six guys speak. They all do different things. He goes, oh, it's so simple. He goes, they have a job, whatever it be, that makes money, a good dollar amount, and they invest it in long-term wealth. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Oh, man. But it's, the funny thing is, is nope. I went to four years of college. Nobody yeah. told me that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Nobody said, everybody said, grow stock mutual funds, Roth IRA, retire when you're 65. Mm-hmm. And nope. I'm like, wait, hold on. Like, no, and, and, you know, there's so much out there about reducing your expenses so you can be a millionaire. And it, need, it needs to be the other. Needs, you know what the, dirty, you know what the dirty word is that I can't stand? And maybe it's my personality and I don't care. I think the most dirty word in the world is budget. I can't stand it. <laughs> Look, dude. I watch my expenses. Don't get me wrong. I I have everything as low as they could be right now. But what you're doing is you're telling the world that you're scared and you're not going to be, you're not going to have financial freedom scared. You're going to have it by generating more capital. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you. I'll only change it in the sense that I think, yes, budget can be a scary word and it's a, and that's a bad word. If your perspective is wrong about it, if you're doing it to say, how can we just make sure we have enough money to pay our bills? Mm -hmm. Not, Hey, where can we figure out how, so we can live on 60% of our income and save store 40% so that we can then buy real estate. Like it's just a perspective around it. Mm -hmm. And so many people, and not only that, but you won't budget yourself to being a millionaire. You, it just, (laughs) Like you can't, and 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 I know Dave Ram and Dave, I love Dave Ramsey. No, I don't love him. No, no, I I, I love the concept of it. That's yes, what I do. thank you. Yeah, like do you know but, do you know that he do you know he he told somebody I only saw this that's why I got frustrated. He told somebody that was making fifty thousand dollars a month on real estate to get a job. What? What? Yeah, yeah, because he's so sad, and his goal is to get you to be retired with a million bucks at sixty five. That's his path. And so if that's your, if that's where you want to go, that's fine. You can follow this process. But if you don't, if you want to be, if you want to be somewhere else, you have to find a different path and it's not going to be, it's not going to be that path. It, it, I mean, yes, you so the initial steps of getting the, you know, getting your emergency fund and stuff like that. So you can invest in real estate from a strength point of strength rather than yes. broke. That's going to be a different, you know, that's important too. Let's, well, let's not. Well, and I have an interesting question for you and I don't know why I thought about it, but I'd be interested to hear the thing. You got four kids. Your wife wants another. How on board with the real estate investing is she? I'm curious because this is this is important. A lot of people that listen to my show are married. They're thinking about making the shift. I, I'm interested to hear how this conversation went. Yeah. Um, Could you do have a good job? It's not yeah, like yeah, it's I not do. like you don't. Yeah. No, I have a great job. Um, I'm spoiled to death there for sure. And and uh, she, she is. I've been blessed. She's a, she's a great wife and she's a great partner and, and, uh, definitely, definitely been blessed there. She, 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 I have full, I have full reins. Like she's just behind me no matter what. Um, and, and, and she, she, the number, the only thing she ever wanted to be is a mom. Sure. And, and so she is happy being a mom. And, and so, and she's and so she just focuses on that. She's like, yeah, let's. I like. She supports the desire of being able to create more time and money, uh, so that I can be a better dad, more with the family. Did you and, when we spoke the first time, and I mentioned to you about the back porch, sitting on it, enjoying your house a little bit more? Did you mention that to her? Yeah. Oh yeah. What'd we she, had. The, what'd she say? I'd be interested to hear. 
Oh, she's the, yeah, she totally agrees with me on that. She's like, yes, you do need to. And she will tell me, she will sometimes tell me when I'm like, when she can tell that I'm stressed out or I'm just not, not getting my wins. She'll like, just go get, get out of here. I got this. I got the dishes. I got dinner. Get out of here. Go sit on the porch for a second. She's Mm -hmm. such, she's so awesome like that. Um, Because, because what I think is not talked about enough and I'm not trying to get you emotional. I swear to God. But what's not talked about enough is you as a father with four kids and she's happy being a mom and, and, and she supports you. But the amount of stress and burden that you feel, regardless if somebody else is putting it on you, because I know that feeling, yeah, I would imagine can be almost toxically and consuming of you. Don't you think? I mean, I would imagine that's when you get down. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, this has to work. Like th- th- this has to work. I'm, I'm committed. Like I'm, I'm all in here and it has to work. And sometimes that can be, that can stress you out a little bit. If, if, again, if your perspective gets shifted or it's, in a, it's not on the right things. Yeah, it can be, it can be a burden for sure. So and, what have and, you put in your life to, to combat that? Um, well, I think, to, to, to keep my, pers- I think the most important thing is keeping that perspective on the right place. So for me, I'm writing my goals down every day, you know, uh, making sure that I've got my why I, I know where I'm headed. I, I write my, I review my goals and the bigger goals and the bigger mission every Sunday night so that I can stay focused there. And, and we are always talking about, you know, we're always talking about that. We're communicating what what's my plan, where are we at on the real estate and, uh, and for whatever reason, she just she she does she does her best to not add any pressure to me, or or make me ever feel guilty about doing a podcast at eight o'clock at night or being up. You know, hey babe, I gotta go. I gotta go underwrite this eighteen unit deal. Sorry, like we're, I know it's our time together, but I gotta go do it real quick. And she's just super good at. She knows she knows the mission, and and so she's totally on board with that kind of stuff. Um, and and but but again, you know, we we set. I make sure that when I'm, when I'm there with the family, I'm there with the family too. And we always make sure we, we try and go on a date every, every week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been, it's been harder now with COVID and all that stuff, especially over the last few months. So we've had some, we've had sushi, you know, in our living room, we got sure. sushi and had, you know, back porch or whatever. So we, we had to get different, but, but yeah, so, th- you know, date nights all the time. So we're communicating and having the, the minutes to communicate about what we're doing and why we're doing it. That's been huge for us. Um, and, and, uh, just making sure that we are also spending lots of time with the family together. That's been able to not letting, because sometimes we will sacrifice too much of the ends for the means. Meaning like it's sometimes it's, it's, it's like, so I, I work out, I, I run, I try and stay in shape because I, I like to spend time in the mountains. I, I hunt and I fish and I'm always hiking and stuff. And I've caught myself saying, well, I could go hike this mountain today, but I got to go to the gym. And that's not right. Like, don't sacrifice the ends for the means. Like, the reason I'm going to the gym is so that I can go hiking wow, and be in better shape. Yeah. And and so when you're in a real, you when you're in an intense journey and you're grinding it out, and an opportunity comes up to spend some time with your family or go to the, your daughter's play or whatever, don't say, "Oh, I got to go invest in real estate." Hold on, you're <laughs> you're sacrificing what you want. Like, you're investing in real estate so you can have more of that. And sometimes we say, no, I got to sacrifice that right now. And, and that's why I'm very careful when people say, you know, you got to sacrifice what you want now for what you want later. I'm like, yes, you know, sacrifice Netflix, not what you're trying to achieve that you can, you, you can have now if you want it. 
don't you got to be careful not to sacrifice the end for the means sometimes we get too carried away with that i think just blew my mind like seriously you just taught me something because that's what we do i mean like literally you just taught me something and i want to tell you this so you know where we me and you stand i could give two shits if you invest in four thousand properties over the next thing i'm more interested in who you are as a person and who you are as a father and these are the people that i follow and i'm inspired to be like because you're showing your kids that there's a better way but you just hit it on the head i i literally i'm gonna go back and listen to that part because well i need i can't go hiking because i need to go to the gym i know but that's a workout too and that's where you want to be yeah so it's like yeah go do that and like we get caught up in something my friend told me I was walking with him and his kids the other while back and he said, be careful that you're not currently living the life that you always dream you had. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because just the other day, like just weeks ago, I, I looked at my life and I'm like, holy crap, it's really good. Like this is pretty darn close to what I've always wanted. I, I've, and, and I've, I've made a few mindset shifts about how I work my main gig, my solar gig. Um, and, and, and how I think about it and how I treat it. And, and all it was, was a perspective shift. And, and yes, I, I take a little more time. I'm not so, and I'm not so stressed out and I don't, I don't let myself feel so guilty when I, I'm not there 24 seven because mm-hmm. I'm in sales. So I have sales guys call me at eight 30 at night trying to close a deal and I've got to help them out. But I'm getting to the point where I'm not so guilty if I take a day off and, and, and so my perspective shifted and all of a sudden I'm like, well, this is what, this is what I've always wanted. Like I've got a, a job that I can have the freedom that I want and keep in mind, I am a manager and I am an owner. So I have a little bit of say there. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody's in that position. And I, and I understand that, but I had to step back. And like I'm actually really darn close to where I want to be. It's what I've been thinking about in my mind for the last five years. I'm like, Holy crap, I'm kind of here. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the dollar amount in my bank account's not quite there. The number of properties isn't quite there, but dude, we're on, we're on the way. Mm-hmm. And you have to be careful to not miss that. Like, we, again, we can get so focused on, oh, I got to sacrifice everything now to have something later. I'm like, well, just be careful. Just be careful that you don't sacrifice those moments. Um, and and a, and a big lesson that I, it, I'm not there yet perfectly, so I'm it's developing here, but I'm getting better at um, appreciating the process and and not being so so stressed out about where I'm trying to get to, and, and because ultimately, like that's where it is. That's where the actual value is. Yes, getting when I get to ten thousand doors and a bajillion dollars, that's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. But what will what will really have been the most valuable to me is who I became in the journey to get there. Whose lives did I touch in the journey to get there? Who did I help along the way? How much time was I able to spend with my son uh, and my kids? Like that's ultimately where the true value of life is going to come from. And so please don't get so frustrated with the process that you don't enjoy it along the way. And, and, and it's just like, it's like, I mean, yes, we go to the gym to get into better shape, but if you look at it, like say you're 95, you're on your deathbed and you're like, well, Hey, I'm in good shape and I'm dying at 95. But man, what about if you, you, hopefully you enjoyed all the 
the good feeling and the endorphins and the adrenaline of going there and pushing and accomplishing and doing hard things like that's ultimately where the actual value is and and lately i've been i've been on a kick of like reading mountaineering books and people climbing these huge peaks and stuff um it intrigues me a lot uh uh, but it's so funny because all of them say like well when we got to the top of this twenty thousand foot peak it was like cool yeah i guess we walked back down it's like it's so anticlimactic, but what they why they're so addicted to mountaineering and climbing these crazy peaks and making these first descents, it's the struggle to the top. Sure. That's truly that's truly what excites people about this thing. And so please don't it's the struggle to your goal that's actually the most valuable to you in your life. Yeah. You gotta fo- you gotta you gotta fall in love with the process. I was replaying a clip that my coach said on my podcast uh, last night. And he said that if you put the blocks in the pyramid, as you go along the stepping stones, they will reach the top no matter what. And you as a person are trying to define what the top looks like. And we haven't even built a pyramid yet. Yeah. And I think that's where we get messed up in life. And it's, you know, Jim Rome, I've been listening to a lot of Jim Rome lately. And he said that my coach told me to be a millionaire. And he was like, I thought that was an odd goal. And he's like, well, yeah, but it's not about me being a millionaire. It's about who I become to be a millionaire. Yeah. And, I, and I think, you know, what I try to tell my guys and my coaching is if you operate in your core values and you operate in your, your daily habits, that's the default mechanism. So if shit's going crazy, this is who I am. I get these things done. And, and that keeps you, and when the storm's going crazy, that keeps you at your default. And as you get better, the default daily habits get better and better and better and better. And that's how you wake up five years from now. And you've created this, this savage that can get everything done. You know, it's, you know, triple A Adams yesterday said that the moment that he set boundaries in his life and he decided what type of father he was going to be an intentional father, his business went up five times because people respected him. He showed up to work better because his kids felt the love you know, and I would imagine that people don't talk about that enough because we're too worried about the the process or the money or the whatever. But like, I'm more excited about this conversation, what I'm going to take from this conversation than, you know, what it, how many people listen and stuff like that. And I think we start things because we want something out of it instead of understanding that like me having to talk in this camera every day and reach out to people and ask them to be on like, even though people see me as this like fun, jubilant guy, like, you know, it's still a process to get comfortable with that. So, so you're becoming every day. And so, you know, I think I want to respect your time and we'll finish up here. If you're a, cause I know you mentor a couple of people. If you're somebody that's in a corporate job, like you are, and they're thinking about getting started on real estate, what is the advice that you would give them? Would they start with wholesaling, multifamily, single family? Where would you go? I think honestly, number one, make sure you've tapped out what you can make at your main gig. Figure out how to make more money at your first gig first. Don't, I mean, a lot of people just say, well, hate my nine to five. I don't want to do it. Like I, I want to get out and I want to go invest. And real estate's the solution. Yes, it is. It, it is. But you're going to need money and you're going to need money to do that. And so I would, especially if you're in sales or any way you can increase your income, figure that out first, maximize your main gig first. 
um, and start storing that money away so that you can start wholesaling or flipping or whatever. I don't, I don't really have a, when it comes to what to get started in, which I would focus on whichever one gets you excited. Like, because don't do wholesaling if you like flipping, you know, don't do the burr method if you would rather be the wholesale guy, like to pay attention to what kind of starts a fire in you as far as the method. Um, flipping just doesn't excite me because there's, especially there's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I basically am, am flipping, but I like the little long-term effect of buying and holding. I like that constant cash flow and not having to be stressed about that next deal every time. So mm-hmm. he's asked my perspective on it. So just do what, do what sets a fire in you as far as the method mm-hmm. after you've maximized your income at your main gig. Don't be such in a hurry to get out of that. Change your perspective about it. Change how you're doing it. Change how you act with that job, interact with that job and make it what you want it to be and maximize your income, then start focusing on, on real estate. Um, if you're, if you can house hacking, I would probably say is the best way to get into it. Um, if you can buy a fourplex and live in one unit buy you know, buy a house and rent out the rooms, that's probably the, my, my, if I had to pick one to start with house hacking would be the best. And then, yeah, you know, wholesaling has got some, it's, it's lower barriers to entry, but you got to scale to get, to get much there. So, um, but for me, I started in, you know, I started in the, in the burr process. So we buy, we rent, we, we rehab, we rent it out, we refinance, pull our cash out and repeat it. So I can get my capital back out and do it again. I, I don't run out of capital very easily. Um, so yeah, that would be like the first steps, but also pay very close attention to your mind. Like you've got to, you need to get somebody in your corner that will check you, uh, because the true number one obstacle to succeeding in real estate or really in any endeavor is your, is your, your, your dang mind. <laughs> it, it, it can, it can stop you. It can slow you down. So you've got to have a coach, a mentor, a buddy, somebody that will not let you say negative things and not let you talk yourself out of taking risks and, and getting into your uncomfortable zone. That's probably going to be a, your biggest asset. Because it doesn't matter if you read 700 books on flipping or wholesaling. If your mind's messed up, you, you will not get there. So that would be my like first steps advice to, to people that are trying to get into it. I love that. And how do people find out about your podcast or get a hold of you? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm the most active on Instagram. So the Money Maven Project uh, it, on Instagram is probably where you can follow me the most. Uh, the podcast is the money Maven project podcast, uh, with on all the different platforms that are out there. Um, those are the best ways to, to reach me. I try and put all my content, more and more content on YouTube. So the money Maven project on YouTube is growing there too. So, um, but I, I love, I love answering questions and I love helping out. So feel free to DM me, you know, message me somewhere and, uh, I'll, I'll do my best to respond and see what I can do to help. And I don't say this to blow smoke up your ass because you don't need it. So we do look very similar, though. I, I you know, we do look very similar. But, yeah. but, but I want to tell you that that like you're 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 one of the good ones. Like, and you're and I know you're going to be highly successful because your head's in the right place, your heart's in the right place, and and it's just it's nice to meet somebody who is locked into who they are and. I know every day is not roses, uh, but you're figuring it out. And I know that I don't need to speak to your kids and your wife to know that, that they're super proud of, of who dad is. And, and so I just wanted to have that recorded so you could listen to yeah, it over and over you. again uh, if you ever get in a bad spot. But, but guys, if you like this episode, 
make sure you send it out to all your friends. And uh, we really appreciate y'all for listening. Thank you so much, sir. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.